Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. to home on the rng gosh we're so glad you came back yes we're ecstatic i i wouldn't have <laughs> but i i've seen how the sausage is made so <laughs> today we're doing dragon quest one or dragon warrior one yeah. uh we're gonna go back and forth in terms of yeah yeah uh, in Japan it was dragon quest in America it became dragon warrior and that title stuck for the first the three first or four? Seven. Well, they... When did America transition over to Quest? Eight. Okay. Yeah. So no, we never got five and six. But now they've re-released a lot of those games, and they re-released them as Dragon Quest, so... I, I Wasn't it, wasn't it a licensing issue? Or like there, a trademark There issue was some kind of trademark issue. But, uh... So we're going to go back and forth, Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. Regardless, we're going with number one. Because he likes to play everything in order. I don't care. <laughs> that, that's about it, actually. So, we're going to start with personal history. Okay, so my personal history with um, Dragon Warrior slash Quest, as you can probably see by what I'm holding, is that I still have the original box... Um, of the game that came out sometime in the 1980s. I probably got it around the early 90s. <clears throat> I do remember that I got it used, weirdly. Um, not sure what game store at. Um, but anyway, this is the original box. So it has kind of the Western style box art, which I think thought was um, always kind of interesting. Japanese games, I guess they didn't think would sell well in the United States or anywhere outside Japan if they use, like, the anime sort of characters. Um, so it has this weird kind of Western-style box art. It still has everything in here. So I still have, there's the cartridge. And then here is the, this is the strategy guide, I believe. This is a complete strategy guide for the game. So it tells you exactly what to do at every moment. Um, and then it comes with this thing <laughs> for anybody who's like probably 25 plus, 30 plus. Um, remember the little plastic things that Nintendo games came in? And then it comes with the regular instruction booklet. Um, why they included that? Because they gave you a complete strategy guide. I have no idea. But anyway, this is just me saying that I had the game for a very, very long time played it on my NES, and still have it to this very day. So, 
like with most of these games, I don't have as much personal history with the game as Russ did, but I come close on this one. Uh, Nintendo Power had a promotion where they were giving away a free copy of this game because apparently it wasn't selling that well. So they gave away a free copy of this game, and if you renewed or signed up for a new subscription, so I begged my mom, sign me up for a new subscription, I get a free video game. And I got the game. And so many times in my life, I sat down and went, I'm beating this game today. I'm going to beat it. And we'll, we'll get to that, but you know, never even close. Um, also, uh, I did a little bit of research, because usually Russ has these nice long stories of the history he had with him, and I'm like, I played it a couple years ago. So... I, the game came out in 1986 in Japan. It was developed by Enix before they became Square and Enix. Uh, it came to the U.S. in 89. That's when the name changed, as we addressed. It is, if not the first, one of the first serious JRPGs in the West because Final Fantasy I came out after Dragon Quest II. So uh, a lot of what we're going to say in this review has to do with the fact that it is, it is really old and very limited in its technology so yeah got it from nintendo power never beat it until this review so the story of dragon quest one is about as simple an rpg story as you can possibly have you're the descendant of a great hero there's a bad villain super wizard guy stop him from destroying the world go uh, you're tasked to try and find, like, artifacts of the original hero and travel the world and trying to find your way to the final boss. One thing I like, and I almost, maybe this should wait under innovations, but I like that you can see the end boss's castle from your starting position. Mm -hmm. When the game loads, you see the end boss's castle. You just don't know how to get there. And, Russ, how about characters? What Char magnificent... <laughs> nuanced characters right. do we every, have. Every character has their own backstory and um, you get to listen to them learn and grow as people. No, that's none of that is true. Um, the, the characters are as one note as you can possibly get. Um, there's a princess that you need to save. There's a king. Um, and there's a lot of NPC villager townspeople that talk in like ye old English, which is kind of irritating. <laughs> um, thou art dead. Yes, thou art. Thou art. Thou art dead. My Texas accent really came out right there. <laughs> thou art dead. Thou art dead. Uh, <laughs> so no, yeah, very very one dimensional characters. I mean, this was like the JRPG that kind of started all of the other JRPGs. So I wasn't. Um, expecting much well they did try to and they, they tried to put in a little bit of character uh there's a character called nestor for example first of all the party is just you you don't actually yes you don't even get companions there's no players. real npcs joining your party but uh there's a character called nestor and in like two different cities you hear two people talk about nestor what a great hero nestor is have you seen nestor and then in one city you run into him and he's like my name's nestor and I'm like, well, they tried. And that was amazing. <laughs> it was. <laughs> they tried to that put was, some depth in this. That was it's the... a very small world, too. It's five cities. It's three dungeons. And one of those dungeons, you don't even have to go in. Right. There's no ships. You don't cross any continents. You, you, there, there's only bridges that separate land masses. Um, yeah. So 
Not 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 much there in terms of the characters. Before the although, story. Although I will say that the princess that you have to rescue is kind of a jerk because she makes you carry her all the way back to the castle. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. We'll get to that in innovations. It's it's special. I'm like, you were locked in a dungeon for a long time, so just don't you wanna walk? Walk. Yeah, yeah you need to you need to stretch your legs, princess. <laughs> So, next up, we have Combat System. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the most innovative combat system. Well, in some respects it was, since it was the first. True. That's the thing. Practically anything about this game is innovative. Yeah. Because there was nothing before it. Right. For the, for the time, it was kind of the template for a lot of other... So the standard combat layout is first-person perspective. Your name and stats are displayed at the bottom. You don't see you. You just see the monster. And there's only ever one monster. Yes. It only, actually took me a little while to notice that. Only ever one monster that you encounter at a time. Yeah. You, you never fight groups of them. And then up at the top, you've got your menu. Fight, run, magic, pass out, whatever. Um, and it's they stick with that exact same layout, except multiple monsters... Until, is it 8 when you can finally see them? When you see your party? No, you don't. Do you never see your party? You only, if I remember correctly, you only see your party in 8, like, during the vic victory okay. stuff. You still don't see them as they attack. So, unlike in, the in Final the Fantasy series, Dragon Quest decided to stick with this. This worked. We're sticking with it. Mm -hmm. This is our combat system. Uh, it works. I mean, there's nothing really to complain about. It's very straightforward. It's simple. Mm -hmm. It is simple. What I what I like, well, what I liked about the combat, because you only have one character, so your one warrior character has all of your magic. Um, but a thing that I liked about the magic is, especially the spell stop spell, is really useful. Most RPGs, RPGs today, those sort of you know, buffing or debuffing or, or status ailment spells are pretty useless because you're just trying to get the, the battle out of the way as quickly as possible. But, like, Stop Spell, for example, can really save your life in some of the battles against monsters that can use magic. Uh, they can pretty much decimate you. But if you use Stop Spell, then they can't do anything, and you use it to wipe them out. So I liked that the spells were more useful. That's true. So next we're going to move on to innovations, which I imagine is going to be a long section for a game like this. Yeah. Oh, well the game the game is innovative, like you said, just in the sense that it kind of set up what JRPGs would become. Uh, there are there were definitely some misses though. Uh, for example, you can only save the game by talking to the king at the starting castle of the game. If you are anywhere else in the world and you're like, oh, I need to stop playing, I need to turn this off, because remember, we're talking NES. I need to turn this off because mom says I need to take out the garbage. First, I gotta go all the way back to the first <laughs> castle in the game through all these little fights with all these little monsters who don't run away. Actually, they do start to run away as you get more powerful. Some of the lesser monsters, they'll show up and then just be like, oh god, and they'll leave. But it's still an irritating intrusion as yeah. you're just trying to walk around. 
uh, dungeons, you can only see like the square you're on. You can't actually see in dungeons unless you have a torch, which lights like one or two squares in all directions, mm -hmm. or the light spell, which does a little bit a little more. Bit more. Which I thought was extremely irritating. It really it makes is. the dungeons unnecessarily, unnecessarily confusing. Yeah, you can only see a couple of steps ahead, right. and they're obviously they're labyrinthian because it's a JRPG dungeon. Right. Uh, one thing that they did do good though was the auto equipping of whatever you buy equipment. So you go into a st uh, town and you're like, okay, I'm gonna buy the best sword. They say, okay. There's your sword. It's already equipped, and we'll buy back your club. Here's five gold for your club. So it makes buying and selling your equipment a lot easier. It's very, it's actually very streamlined for the time. Um, let's just go ahead and address this. The elephant in the room. Are you ready? I am ready. The grind. Yeah. The grind! <laughs> You you hate grinding. Oh right? my you hate god! Any, any RPG. I dislike grinding, but I've never in my life encountered a grind <laughs> like this. Oh my god! Monsters, monsters train change strength based on crossing bridges. Every time you cross mm -hmm. a bridge, the the map of monsters changes, and now you're fighting more powerful monsters. So you spend a couple hours fighting monsters in your area, and you cross a bridge, and you're instantly killed. So Which I liked. I just want to point out that I appreciate that the game really only puts boundaries on you in the sense of the monster's ability to kill you as you venture further away from the original. Yeah, there's That's no artificial, uh, you can't fly here because you don't have the airship yet. No, you right. can go anywhere in the world from the very beginning. You're going to get eaten. You will, yeah. But... The problem is, you grind and you grind and you grind. You get so powerful that the monsters are running away from you more than half the time. Then you cross a bridge and get one hit killed. <laughs> there is no balance. And this is, I mentioned earlier as a kid, so many times I sat down and said, I'm going to play this game. I'm going to beat this game. I don't care if I have to grind for days at a time. I will just, I'll just grind for three hours every day this week. That'll be my plan. <laughs> and I can't do it. When we finally were doing it for this review, I used cheat codes. I did. I'm sorry to admit it, but I did. Fair enough. I used cheat codes, and the cheat codes available made me grind for hours and hours. <laughs> there was about four hours of grinding with cheat codes enacted to get me maximum XP. I still had to grind for about just four solid hours of doing nothing but walking around fighting monsters. You have monsters. to think of grinding as just a, a gentle activity that you can do while you do something else. You watch TV. <laughs> But when we were kids with the Nintendo, you, you didn't do something That's else. That's true. You just sat there and grind and grind and grind. I don't know what the past tense of grind is in this situation. You groaned and groaned, and then you did some grinding. You did groan. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so... I never, ever will play this game again, just because if you took out the need to grind completely, the game is like 15 minutes long. Right. Aren't there speed runs of this game in like half an hour or something? I wouldn't be surprised. I think so. The grind is intolerably bad. Oh my god. Well, it's what they did back in the day. Well, it's how artificially you make your game longer than it really was. Well, yeah, otherwise it would be a 15-minute game and we'd all feel ripped off for paying for a 15-minute <laughs> game. But oh, All right, so that's the elephant in the room, the grind. Um, the boss offers to let you join him 
like we did in Great Greed. We had that same offer yes. in Great Greed. Mm -hmm. And if you do join him, game over. Game over. Uh, although it does lead to a game called Dragon Quest Builders coming to America in a couple of months. That's a game that takes place in the world where the hero said, yeah, sure, I'll join the side of evil. It's kind of nice that they didn't forget about that, that storyline. Um, also, the boss had two forms. I'm going to say that's probably the first time that we established. It's probably what established the trope of JRPG bosses having multiple forms. It also established, just for Dragon Quest games, kind of the, the history that you start out with one quest. You basically start out with a quest to save the princess. You know that the princess has been taken by this dragon. And you go and you save her and you bring her back to the castle and everything's well and good. And then it turns out that the dragon lord is trying to take over the world. Which is... That was kind of the proto-version that you see in most other Dragon Quest games, where there's kind of like one quest that you do first, and you think you saved the day, and you think you did everything, and then it turns out that there's this, that there's this bigger threat um, that's down the road. One uh, well, two more things left in innovation. So there was a search feature, which mm -hmm. lets you look at the ground you were standing on to see if there was a treasure hidden there. It, you use it, there are three hidden treasures in the entire world, mm -hmm. and one of them is optional, which is the fairy flute. You mm -hmm. don't have to get the fairy flute. Uh, the fairy flute is an item that lets you defeat a really difficult boss with no problem whatsoever, but you can still fight him without it. So the game helps you out a little bit in terms of hinting that there might be a hidden object somewhere. But not enough no. that it's not painful to do without just looking at an FAQ. Searching every square <laughs> of the world to see if the item that you need is hidden there. And you don't have a little glowing square or something like you would in a current game. Oh no, there's no indication. There's no, no indication. Uh, the last thing I want to mention under innovations is kind of a fun thing. So Russ mentioned rescuing the princess. Yes. So they actually change the hero sprite when you rescue the princess. Because as Russ mentioned earlier, Bitch wants you to carry her. Yeah. She's, she's been sitting, she's been cooped up, locked in a dungeon for God knows how long. Yeah. And so she and needs a man to carry her. To her, to her maybe, maybe her legs have atrophied. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that I can think. So they changed the hero sprite while you're carrying a princess, which I thought was kind of innovative for the time. They actually, for a set period of the game, there's a sprite of you carrying the princess, which is funny. Because you can still get into random combats while you're carrying the princess. I wonder how that works. Attack! 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 I think I leveled up. <laughs> so the music in this game kind of sets the tone for the entire Dragon Quest series. They use a lot of the same music, a lot of the same sound effects, a lot of the same themes. Uh, I really, I like that they stuck with what worked. Um, I like that a lot. Because even playing one of the newer games like uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, which was a dynasty warrior with Dragon Quest characters from various games coming together to beat up lots of bad guys, it still used the same sound effects and the music, and it made it very... It made it a very enjoyable experience. Now, did you have anything to say about the music before I, I read from my little sheet of paper here? No? You're good? Just agree with everything I said? 
I do agree. Yes, I do yeah. agree. With Fair that. enough. We are not music people. We are trying no. our best. And in recognition of the fact that we are not music people, a friend of mine has done research on composers and other information, so I have to read it because uh, it's got Japanese names in it. And I apologize to every Japanese person out there for what's about to come out of my mouth. No, as I, can, I, I can help you. Can you? Okay. All right. So the composer of Dragon Quest is this fella. Is Koichi Sugiyama. Yes. Uh, born in Tokyo in 1931. He, he did a lot of work for the Dragon Quest series in general, not just this game. You can actually buy a symphonic suite of the music for Dragon Quest 1 and 2. Uh, go to Play Asia, go to Amazon, see if you can find it. I actually do have a copy of it. It's pretty good. So, that, that's all the music information that I, I have to offer. So, I, I, I think it's time we wrap this I up. I learned a lot. Yes, very educational. He was born in Tokyo. 1931. I wonder what the likelihood is that someone in Japan was born in Tokyo. I would guess high. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just if I'm right. playing the odds. As would I. Uh, so we will move on to final thoughts. So again, like we had in Great Greed, and I can't remember if Lufia had this problem or not, there's not a way to know if the items that you're getting are weaker or more powerful than what you already have until you equip them. Lufia, Lufia did not have that. Lufia okay. actually tells you. Great Creed had that problem. And again, it's one of the first games. And you normally, since you buy 90% of the equipment in this game, price is your guide. If it costs more, it's stronger. Right. Definitely. Uh, there's also uh, an interesting moment where you have the opportunity to steal from the castle treasury. It lends you almost no money. But if you talk to the guard afterwards, you get a pretty big guilt trip. <laughs> As you should, stealing is wrong. Stealing is wrong, kids. Don't steal. So, in summation. So, in summary, um, I think Dragon Quest slash Warrior is a good game. Um, it's definitely a child of its time. I mean, there, there's a lot that it could improve upon. There's a lot that it did improve upon in, in you know, future iterations. Of the game, it, it laid the found the foundation of what uh, Dragon Quest is today. Dragon Quest is a JRPG series that hasn't evolved that much um, in these like twenty plus, probably maybe thirty plus years. I think it's been about thirty years since it came out. It hasn't done a lot to evolve. It takes the same ideas that were born in this in this first game um, and just improves them as it goes along. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the future Dragon Quest games just because they perfected the formula. Overall, I would give it a score of about a B um, because without it, we wouldn't have all of the other amazing Dragon Quest games that we have today. Um, I'm having a hard time being as giving as Russ is. I, I like the Dragon Quest series. I've played 4, 5, and 6. So... And then I, I've played some spinoffs, and so far I've been liking them. They've got the remakes coming out of 7 and 8 I'm looking forward to. Um, but this game is rough. The grind, man, it is soul-destroying. And for a game that requires so much grinding, the encounter rate is actually kind of low a lot of the time. Which is bad. Fight 100 monsters. But they'll come out every couple of minutes. Like, oh my god. I can't. I love the Dragon Quest series as a whole. 
I appreciate that this is where it started from, but that grind is just soul destroying. I can't go above a C plus. I just can't. I'm trying. And I this is one of those few games that I am glad, kinda like Gabriel Knight 3. I'm never playing it again. I'm done. I'm officially out of the Dragon Quest 1 business. So if you want to play Dragon Quest slash Warrior, and Jeff obviously says that you shouldn't, um, you can purchase it. The game is available for iOS devices. It is also available for Android. I believe it is. Yeah, I, I, I actually do have it um, on my iOS device of choice. It is slightly upgraded graphics. Not terribly upgraded, but it is updated from the NES. And I think the grinding is less on the iOS version. It's, yes, it's faster. I don't, I don't know that the monsters give you any more experience. It's faster somehow. It, it's, it's just a faster. It's a less clunky experience. Um, like I said, like I said in my final thoughts, I do give it a B. I do think it's worth playing. Um, but definitely go play the iOS version <laughs> if you, if you want to play yourself. any version of it. Yeah. All right. So that's it for this episode of Home on the RNG. Join us next time as we have our most divisive review yet. It will be divisive. <laughs> because we're reviewing the Sega Genesis strategic, tactical RPG, Shining Force. And it's fantastic. No, it isn't. I told you it was divisive. Terrible. Divisive. Terrible. You're wrong. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash Productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. Again, I, I'm not... Oh, You're contagious. My name is Sally O'Malley. And I like to kick! And I happening? like to stretch! And kick! What the hell is going on? <laughs> Saturday Night Live, I, Marley Shannon. I can't help you. you. Get a copy of these games. Get it, Russ. He's discovering a couch for the first time. Otherwise, she's not legal. We got to know that she's not a thousand and seven because that would be perverse.